0: This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast.
1: Thanks to Olive and June for supporting Made for This. Get salon perfect nails at home. Your new nail life is here. Visit slash Made for This 20 to get 20% off your first mani system. You're following along with the Find Your People book club. This week we'll be reading chapter 8. And now, here's Jenny.
0: Guys, we are more than halfway through the season. We are more than halfway through the book, and my prayer is that as we are going deeper and deeper into this that you are connected to people and that those relationships are getting deeper. I hope that you're not just listening. I hope you're actually going and putting some of these things into practice. I hope that, yes, your perspective is shifting and changing and you're thinking differently about community and your village and noticing people that that you'd never noticed before that could be good friends. But I hope you're also going to dinners and coffees and starting to talk more deeply about relationship and what you need from each other and what it would look like to do life in a deeper way. And and one of the greatest and most fun ways to bond quickly is to have a shared mission. Now, there are a lot of ways to do this. As you all know, um, many of you are tennis players and you're on tennis teams or for crying out loud, you're a bowler like my dad You're in a bowling league, although I think that thing has died. I don't know. I think those are pretty special ways to connect. Maybe it's it's you're in a workplace and and you have a shared mission of a secular job where you're doing numbers and crunching numbers together, or a teacher. You're in ministry or parachurch ministry, or you serve at your church and you volunteer and you help create with people. Those people that you're serving with or working with or playing with or whatever the thing is you do together that is a unique space to get deeper friendships because you have a shared common interest and a shared common goal. Now, as believers, we have a shared common interest and goal in everything we do. As I've talked about before, we are called to make disciples. And so that is our purpose, no matter what it is we do for an occupation, no matter where we live, no matter what our kids are involved in, that is our purpose everywhere we go with everyone we meet, that we are to be giving away the love of God and helping people follow him and know him. So that's exciting because if you're a believer, that means with other believers, you always have a shared mission and a purpose. This doesn't have to be rocket science. You don't have to think of some brilliant thing you and all your friends can do together. Although maybe that's one thing you feel called to do walking away from the book, but you can make anywhere a mission field. As I talk about in the book, there was this beautiful story of one of my friend's fathers that was put in a nursing home, and he couldn't leave his bed. And so he put a sign. He had somebody make him a sign and put it on his door, the House of Forgiveness. And everybody would come in and confess their sin to him. And it was unbelievable. They said that at his funeral, there were so many people that came that just said that they shared things with him that they'd never shared with anybody else. And and the lives that were changed because he just put a sign on his door and said, I'm here. You can share life with me here, and he did that mission with the nurses, with the staff. They all helped him rally people to his room so that he could stay on mission till the end of his life. And it just was so convicting when I heard that story because anywhere can be a mission field, and anyone can be your teammates. And you can join in mission no matter, even if you feel stuck where you are and you feel like I can't leave the house. Then, then you can somehow creatively—I've watched it happen—find a way to gather with people over Zoom, to create a way for people to connect with you, even from your home. That's the world we live in, guys. So I just want to begin by saying, you probably already have this in your life. This is probably not something that you're going to have to create or cause to exist. This is probably something that you already are doing, that you already love. Now, you may be at a point in life, maybe your kids just all went to college, or maybe you just got to college and you're just starting a new life, you may be at a point where you need to add some things to your life. You need to make some choices. And I would say make those choices around community. It is the first and most important decision maker in life. It needs to be the first thing in your grid when you're deciding where to live, when you're deciding what to do, when you're deciding what church to go to, what town to live in. All of that should revolve. You start to build your life around where do you have people you can connect with and be on mission with and be a team with. I am a big proponent of you living in a smaller house if that means you stay near the people that you're already doing life and community with. I'm a big proponent of you going to a state college if that means you already know the church you would go to and the people that would go with that you could room with and be on mission with. Those choices you should be considering first and foremost, who you do life with. Because who you do life with will point you in the direction that you will go, right? And if you just show up cold with no one, again, many of us have to in life. We kind of have to show up cold. And that's where you find a local church quickly and you put those things in place in your life. But that should be the main determiner of your activities, of what you do, how you do it, and why you do it. And I don't think we say that enough. And I don't think people actually are making decisions based on that. They, they make decisions based on convenience. They make decisions based on success or money. They make decisions based on anything but people. And it should be the primary factor about what you do and why you do it. Now, most of you are not gonna move. Most of you are not gonna start new activities. Most of you are gonna be doing exactly what you're doing yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. What you're gonna do differently is you're gonna start seeing it as a mission field. You're gonna notice, God has put me in this place with these people for a reason. Acts 17, y'all hear me quote it all the time. It's a life verse. He draws our boundary places and he sets people in their time. There are a lot of times and the boundary lines are drawn for them so that perhaps people may feel their way to God, so that perhaps people may watch your life, where you live, how you live, and find God. That is so exciting because that means he put you in Idaho. He put you in Birmingham. He put you on that college campus at Ole Miss or wherever you go. He has set you in your places. And he has said, I've put you in this neighborhood. I've put your kid on the soccer team. I've put you in this sorority. I have put you on this sports team. I have put you in these places so that perhaps people may feel their way to God. And if that is not a mission, I don't know what's wrong with you. That is the most exciting, important mission on earth, right? The very most. <laughs> saving people forever. Like there's not a bigger, bolder, crazier, more amazing mission we could ever have. And that gets to plant itself in our everyday lives. So beautiful. But we tend to feel disconnected because we don't see our lives as a mission, as a race, like Hebrews talks about, where we're running our race is set before us. We, we see ourselves as unimportant. We see our lives as not mattering and so we don't cling to each other because we don't realize how important it is what we're doing. We talked about accountability last week. Accountability starts to matter when you realize how important your mission is. You don't want to be derailed from your race because of sin or a burden because you want to run the race that God set before. You don't want to miss it. When you really believe that you have an important part of the kingdom, as Corinthians talks about, that your hand or a foot or a stomach or an ear, you have a part in the body of Christ, And if you don't play it, the body gets sick. If you realize like how needed you are in the story of God and the the work of God, then you go, I want to be accountable because I don't want to derail because of my finances. I don't want to derail because of my broken marriage. I don't want to miss the mission and the works God prepared in advance for me to do because I was an idiot on a Saturday night. Like I want to live holy. I want to live set apart and different. I don't want to miss all that he has for me. And so that perspective, that worldview begins to shape everything. So the mission really is urgent. (laughs) And I know you're thinking, we're talking about friendship. Like, why are we talking about a mission? Because it all goes together. Because of the race that we're running, we need the people to help us do it. We need other people to play their parts. And, And so you go and grab your friend that is being, you know, a brat and in a dark, horrible relationship and you care about them and you love them, but you also like get back in the race with me. Like don't miss these years when you're dating this stupid guy that is no good for you. You know, we we talk differently to our friends because of it. And that's my hope is that this over time is giving you a worldview that you are moved to live differently, to view your everyday circumstances differently.
1: to stop whatever you're doing right now and go check out olive and june i have their new press on nails on right now and not gonna lie i was a skeptic i'm really hard on my nails like really hard and i put them on this week they were so simple olive and june sent us their amazing mani system and they have a deal for you visit oliveandjune.com made for this 20 to get 20 percent off your first mani system so you know I've told you that their nail polish lasts seven plus days and do not chip because their mani system is the ultimate secret behind salon perfect nails at home. Olive and June offers press-ons too. So a salon look in minutes that's better than gel, they last 10 plus days and they come with the most sizes ever. I have unusual shaped thumbs and I was like, surely, I won't be able to find a press-on nail that actually works for my thumbs. And they did and they look amazing. I am so excited to use Olive and June's press-on mini system. Olive & June's mini system comes with all the tools that you need in one box. It is like literally foolproof and it comes with this thing called the Poppy, which is a patented brush handle that makes it really easy to paint with both of your hands. Getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now a dream come true with Olive & June. Your new nail life is here. Visit oliveandjune.com madeforthis made for this 20 for 20% off your first mini system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D J-U-N-E.com slash made for this to for 20% off your first Manny system. And now back to Jenny.
0: I, I don't read negative Amazon reviews because they feel mean and sad and it doesn't feel good to read them, but I did catch a glimpse of someone that had written a, a one-star review of the book. And I don't know how much they read of it. And I actually didn't even read all the criticism, but I did read the title of their criticism. And it was like, I can't believe Jenny went from Pastor X, to, which is Pastor X's story you've heard on the podcast is in the Middle East as a church planner, to this book. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, first of all, I actually interviewed Pastor X for this book. He actually taught me a lot about community and gave and shaped my vision for this book on community. So I thought it was a funny thing to say. I assume what what the person meant was this felt shallow compared to the interview and everything going on in the Middle East and the underground church. And I just want to pound my fist on the table and say, that is insane. This is the least shallow thing you will ever do to do life in deep, meaningful community. There is no way that person read the whole book because we're getting to these parts where We are pouring out our lives together. We are doing life in such a urgent way and in such a deep, close, intimate way that it's not shallow. It's the most difficult thing you can imagine doing. And and I know that this asks a lot from us. And I think of Jesus and and the scriptures, and he asks a lot from us. I think of Chosen when someone asked Jesus, you're you're, you're asking my child to go and follow you, and I, I don't even know you. And he said, I understand. He was like, I ask a lot from the people that follow me. I don't ask anything from the people that don't, but the people that follow me, I ask a lot from them. And this was was such a comforting line because it was like, yeah, Jesus, it does feel like I've been following you a long time and you just keep pulling me deeper and you keep asking more of me and you keep wanting more for me. And I feel that and it is costly. And it isn't easy to turn the other cheek, and it isn't easy to forgive, and it isn't easy to confess sin, and it isn't easy to do mission with people day in and day out and to fight for them and to love them, even though they annoy the crud out of you. <laughs> no, this is not easy. But this is how we were meant to live. And in living this way, He is actually working out our issues, right? He's he's pulling them out. He, we notice our selfishness more when we're in deep community with other people, We notice where we've quit running our race and living our mission when we're watching other people we love run theirs. And and I think that is a beautiful thing about community and and deep relationship. It doesn't have to always look like comparison. It could look like spurring one another on, (laughs) encouraging each other as long as it's called today, right? It, It should look like fighting for each other. And together, we are trying to accomplish all that God has for us to do together. I think one of the greatest things we can do for each other is to dream together, to imagine what it would look like to sit down with people that love you and say, help me dream for my next year of my life. What would you think my gifts are? And what would you think I could do with this little bit of margin or time that I have? I don't I don't know. I, I feel like my kids are maybe just going to school or I just got to college. And and I think I have a little margin to spend right now on a new hobby or, or passion or something that could bring new relationships into my life and how fun it would be to sit down with a few people. And I promise you they would think that was so fun to do with you. I know that would feel selfish. I know you would be scared to ask people, but I'm telling you they would love it. They would love it. I think about my friend in Little Rock who is an artist and she walked up to me. This was when I was working on the book Restless and in her stories in that book. And And she told me, she said, you know, I don't see anywhere, like, that I'm making a difference for the kingdom. And I was like, well, what are you doing anyway? What do you love? And she was like, I love art. And that's what I do. Like, when I'm not with my kids, I'm painting or I'm doing art for people. And that was her job. And I said, what if you just joined a local art community, like a gallery or I'm sure there's gatherings of fellow artists that is in the city. And she started laughing. She was like, I just got an invitation last week to a gallery show. I think I'm going to go. And she grabbed one of her other friends that also was an artist. And the two of them went together to this gallery show. I saw her six months later, and she had a whole new network of artist friends that didn't know God, most of them, and that loved her and her friend. And the two of them were in now the art community of this town and making such a difference and going to dinner with new people and giving God away to new people. And all because she just thought a little bit outside of the bounds of what she normally does. And it wasn't some Bible study she started. She just went to a gallery show, right? Like she didn't do something super spiritual, but through that, she got to give God away to people that I couldn't reach, that never would come to a church or a Bible study, but but they went to them in their places. And that's what I hope this looks like, guys. Sometimes maybe your mission together is serving in the nursery at your church. Guys, honestly, right now, that might be the most important thing you could do. But for some of you, it's taking things you love, it's taking a sport you love or a passion or a hobby that you love and starting and pulling other people in with you and saying, hey, let's make a difference here. My mom, her bridge club, oh my goodness, you guys, they are so precious and they love, love each other so much. Whatever it is for you, wherever you are called to be, it can be a mission field and the people around you can be your teammates. And I promise you, that's the most fun way to live. The people I feel closest to are the people in the trenches with me. They're my coworkers at IF Gathering who feel like family. They are the people who I'm raising my kids with in our small group that are helping me punish them and figure out what to do. Those are the people I feel closest to. We're on shared missions together and we're trying to raise our kids. We're trying to you know, build something that matters in the world. And it's just so much more fun than just sitting around having coffee, talking about nothing.
1: Well, guys, it's season 10 of the Made For This podcast, and you will not want to miss a single episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so that other people can find the show too. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Made For This podcast.